It's extra good. It's extra good today. Prank phone calls are good for you. It's something that uh, it will cure any kind of uh, blueness. It'll cure any kind of downness you're having. Give yourself the balls uh, and risk it all. Prank phone call. I did. I did. You did? <laughs> what I did. did. So I, you I, pranked you pranked somebody? Check it out. Dude, I I turned thirty fucking three yeah. several weeks ago, right? Like the like the smashing pumpkin. Thirty three. Yeah. yeah, it makes me feel lonely and depressed. And uh I'm I'm on my way to work, uh on to the second shift and I'm by my fucking self alone in alone in my car. I park the car in the garage and before I get out to go into work I decide to call the restaurant that I work at and put on some weird accent and, and tell them about how much I loved one of the sandwiches. Huh. And I tried to call the establishment of the same company that's located in Dallas, not the one in Fort Worth. Um but I, I I looked it up. I dialed the number, and uh, a girl answers the phone, who has the same name as one of the hostesses at at my location. So for a second, uh-huh. I was like, "Oh shit! Well, that's odd. I guess I'll just keep going." And then <clears throat> the hostess mentions the boss. You you called your I called uh, yeah, and I I called the one that was mine, the one that I was about to walk into. So I kind oh, of boy. freaked out. And I thought, oh, shit, well, I guess I'll just keep going until the hostess was like, well, let me go get the manager. She'd love to hear. She'd love to hear all about this. So I said, wait, uh, what? And then I just fucking hung up. <laughs> or I think I said, hold on a second. And then fucking hung up. So hung. you got to work. And before <laughs> you went into work, you, in essence, prank called I did. work. Yeah, I did that. I did it. I laughed and to myself. You, I was alone in my car. All that ended up happening was you, you complimented a sandwich. I did. And hung up. I did. That was that was I didn't really have much of a plan. And I didn't want to leave a negative message <clears throat> because I uh, I've met all my bosses, including the one that's over at the Dallas location and I like him. I didn't want to cause you didn't um, want to cause anybody <coughs> grief or uh, undue stress. No, or, no. Or I just hurt. wanted to be a mild annoyance, but a complimentary annoyance. Well, what a guy! Yeah, that's so. a, that's. A, and was anybody in the car with? No, you? I like, was alone. I was fucking alone. Absolutely like, not. No, hey, this was all. Hey, check this out. No, dude. I'm gonna this, prank call work, dude. I had no reason. I had no. This is the most childish shit. A grown man could do by his fucking self before he goes into work is to call your boss uh-huh. and prank them. And here's the thing. Here's the fucking kicker. Here's the thing. I'm going to do it again. Well, uh, I hope so. Did he use any kind of funny voice or anything? I think I used a very heavy Indian voice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you want to do I think, well, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it was people. loud. I said, but I, I can't really do it. I, I can't do it. Oh, man. I, I wish I could have been on the receiving end of this phone call. Somebody was. 
This is risky because I think a few people that I work with listen might listen Do to the this show. Do phones at work have like a call ID? Like I use Star Six. Oh, I've I'm a prank expert. Star sixty seven, that motherfucker. Okay, Star sixty seven is that like Star sixty nine? Like when you get a call and wouldn't know who it was, you dial Star. The Star sixty nine comes back. This Star is a relic of the nineties. Yes, How it appropriate. is. I didn't and even think about that. Actually, Star sixty seven right. still works. Yeah, well, shit, I fucking hope so. Wow. Wow. I didn't... I, I, I guess I got to process that. I didn't think that was still a thing. That was. We could test it on your phone we could. in a little bit. Yeah, we should. After uh, after we finish up yeah. here. So I wanted sure. to... we want yeah. you to not lose your job over a No, I don't want to lose call. my job over a But it was a kind of... No, it was a nice... A I was complimenting. Culturally offensive prank call, you know. You, well, it, I think people of all <laughs> races enjoy the food that my establishment serves. Certainly, certainly. So I think that if I were to mimic another race of people and say that I like this or that, that wouldn't be too much of an offense. And I don't believe, but people are fucking sensitive as fuck. It's gay as hell. Maybe, maybe your uh, your your accent wasn't specific enough. To warrant any outrage, <coughs> there's always that hope. I don't think I was actually very good because because by the time I realized that I had called the the place that I was about to walk into, <laughs> um, I I kind of I think I started to fuck up a little bit. No, oh, well. And um and then when she said the the hostess was like, well, let me go get the manager. She'd love to hear about it. Uh, I, that's when I like really like, flipped. Uh, I was like, oh, hold I, on a second. I gotta run. <laughs> I've got to run. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. <you're> <laughs> Goodbye. <coughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, folks. Um, uh, uh, if you if you're going to work tomorrow, most of you probably are. Uh, call your boss. Uh, prank him. Star sixty seven. Prank him. It's got to be nice though. Let's make this nice. Um, unless unless it's real. Uh, unless unless um mischievousness is warranted because you're, you know if your boss is actually a terrible person and you think it would be okay to perhaps cause them um you know trouble cause them trouble then uh by all means but uh, if not you know just fucking i guess you know that's the adult me talking about non-adult activities as an adult no that's great uh, no, keep, so keep yourself young yeah uh, I, dude, I just, I can't believe I did it. Did you? Uh, and I fucking laughed my, my fucking ass off all alone, <laughs> right by myself. Were you still laughing when you went dude, to work? Dude, I, 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 I had to go through the parking garage and right before I opened the door, I fucking cack. I talked to myself, Michael, get it together, Michael. Get it together. And stood there, took a breath and then walked out. Oh, well, I'm glad you entertained yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it tomorrow. That's fun. Fucking doing it tomorrow. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Would you like to reach into the sorting hat? I absolutely would. What am I reaching for, Adam? What's that's going a, on? That's a good oh, question. Oh shit. Ladies and gentlemen, oh yeah. Welcome yeah, yeah, yeah. to nineteen ninety what? Getting ahead a, of ourselves. Here. A music podcast. Uh <clears throat> excuse me. Not just music. All things nineties. Excuse me again. Shit. We love uh we love the nineties. If you love the 90s, you've come to the right place. I am your host, Michael Joseph, and across and from me Adam is Michael. my co-host, Adam Michael. I am the host of this show. And Adam, you're fired. Get up. 
Put your headphones down and get the fuck out of your house. (laughs) As he said, this is my house. This is. I'm the. I've been the host since August. I have the um, the passwords to all of our accounts. I'm hooked up to your internet right now. I can see the Wi-Fi on on my laptop. Yes. And it's indicating that I am within your service. You know what? I don't want. I don't want to fight, and I'm obviously not fired. This is this is my show. You're not. It's my well. I enjoy sharing it with you, and um, Adam, I, I'm the host. I'm you the like host, to talk Adam. first. I let you talk first. Um, I don't know what what kind of power trip that gives you, but it seems to please you. And I like to please. You know what? I'm not gonna finish that sentence. But, uh, That's gay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> it's gay. Before you get any gayer. Tell the people what we're fucking talking about. Well, we uh we've got a little Valentine's <coughs> themed um sorting hat tonight. Got a Valentine's themed sorting hat. This Thursday is Valentine's Day. Ladies and gentlemen, don't spend too much money. Don't really celebrate it at all. You don't need the extra calories that you're still working off from Christmas. Or you know what? Do whatever you want. No. Do what I say. Celebrate with your significant other or whatever, you know. If you don't have somebody, then cry in your pie. <laughs> um, no, these are romantic comedies from the 1990s. The entire decade. We're not restricted to one year today. Absolutely. So my hand is in. I'm stirring it up. I'm pulling it out to read. And I have chosen... Oh, yes. Adam, what does it say? You've got mail. Oh, man. The 1998 Classic. movie starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. <coughs> Dynamic duo. Very, very awesome duo. A lot of the movies that they do together, all of them are great. I haven't seen Joe versus the Volcano, but that is a Hanks Ryan movie. That's an early one, right? Yeah, that's an early one. And then there was Sleepless in Seattle, another classic. I believe that was 1990, 1991. I don't know. Early 90s. I think it was 93. Ah, 1993. That's a really good movie. That's an awesome movie. Uh, Tom, a brilliant actor. I believe he is my favorite actor of all time, I believe. Who would know for sure? What? Who would know for sure? Oh shit, I don't know. If you if you're not sure. Well. Oh. You've got mail. It kinda had like a classic <coughs> love song soundtrack. It really did. Um Dave Shafakan Pell is in that movie. Yeah, he is. You know, it was a early on the internet dating scene. Yeah. Right? I mean, today, internet dating is how you date. Yeah. Or so I'm told. I mean, I, I, I didn't have to really go through that. Yeah, no. Well, you meet, a, I mean, terrible people. Terrible. You're dispensable. You become, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. But people, people just want to find companionship, and that's okay, no matter how you do it. You know, you want to find love. You want to find somebody. People want to find somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. 
And the internet has given them a great many tools to uh, find somebody. You know what? We uh, we should really. It's crazy. We're gonna do this right. Holy shit! Oh my god! Can you believe? Why did it? We put this sound through our speakers every time we got online. So you did. The guy would walk, then he would run. Welcome. And then he would finally get to his friends. A group of people in front of an AOL logo. Yeah. But why Why the sounds? I mean, it was just horrible noise. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, well, uh, <coughs> since... All we have in the Sorting Hat tonight is these romantic comedies. Would you like to reach in and... Let's do another. Let's do another. Oh, oh. Go ahead. All right. Stirring around, stirring around for another sexy movie. And I have chosen... Oh, man. Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, yes. With Heath Ledger and... The girl that played Alex Mack. That's right. And uh, Julia Stiles. Julia right? Stiles. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, a, uh, an adaptation of a Shakespeare. Uh, oh, the um, Taming of the Shrew. The Taming of the Shrew. That's right. Hates him with the fire of a thousand suns. That is. Uh, that's uh, a quote. Oh, also, uh, George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Pretty uh, pretty big names later on, you know? Yeah. And uh, he, he gets a kiss from uh, the girl. Let's see what was on that soundtrack here. That was a, that was a great movie. Ah, man, I feel like I'm about to have to blow my nose. Uh-oh. That would be embarrassing. This is a Cruel to be Kind cover by Letters to Cleo. Yeah. Angsty. Because the, the older daughter was all angsty. to Cleo I remember remember them from the 90s uh the uh, the singer for Letters to Cleo mm-hmm. she sang the songs for Josie and the Pussycats oh really yeah can you can you hear how that's the same voice I think her name was like something Hanford Kate Hanford or oh, something like that's that. cool I like the I soundtrack could be way off on that but. for Josie and the Pussycats really hard thing to admit 
Oh, I admit it. I admit it. It's um, a difficult thing. I used to have it on my, uh, I think on my MySpace. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I, had, I had a had a song on there. And uh, I remember one time I like, I was editing like the bands that I listed on my MySpace that I liked. Uh-huh. And they were, they were one of them. And I like removed it um, just to reorganize it and then put it back on and Katie Smith made fun of me. She like had a screenshot. <coughs> Adam Jones likes Josie and the Pussycats. Adam Jones dislikes Josie and the Pussycats. Adam Jones likes Josie and the Pussycats. And on MySpace? And she made fun of me. Katie Katie, Katie made fun of you for that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? There's a shitload of things to make fun of Katie about. <laughs> I don't. I disagree. No, I it's disagree. true. You're just being nice. I'm being a fucking <laughs> truthful asshole. I liked her. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool. <coughs> just joking, Katie. You're way cool. <laughs> You're way cool, but you you know you you you. <sighs> Moving on. Moving on. Fuck, man. I'm, I'm not gonna have any friends by the <laughs> end of this, dude. I'm gonna have no fucking friends. She Nobody. Knows you're joking. Nobody. She All right. Well, we have a a little bit of a less conventional show topic tonight and a uh, a possibly more self-serving topic to absolutely this this is an episode for the host and the co-host yeah i mean that's our show why shouldn't we do an episode that sure you know we need us folks we're gonna we're gonna let you in and do some uh uh personal stuff in our lives and these are gonna be uh adam and i have both chosen 10 songs that we um (coughs) <coughs> songs from the 90s that we learned to play on guitar when we were very uh, young and just learning the instrument in our bedrooms. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was an exciting time. I started in 1998. I started playing in 1999. I was uh, 12 years old. I was uh, 15 years old. 15. Yes. That's awesome. And as I'm the host of this show, I'm going to go ahead and play you the first song dude, that, that I a f- ever learned to play on guitar. Co-host's first song. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life It's fucking great, man C D E minor. Oh yeah, that's where so you start, man. This is Green Day mind. with Good Riddance. Parenthesis, time of your life and print. From the album Nimrod, a song that was originally ready to go for the album Dookie. Was it really? Yep. Um, the oh. man, um, the manager. I think it was the manager's idea. Or the guy that got them signed to RCA, uh-huh. um, who actually suggested to hold off on it. He did. he he did. He said that he did think that it was going to be an, a huge hit, but he thought that 
that introducing in his wisdom, he's like, I don't think you should do this yet. yet. I think that just come out with full force, yeah. pop, pop, power punk. Well, I'm glad they did that. I mean, I love this song. Well, because a band diversifies. I mean, y- you know, all of the great groups, they d- diversification. Uh, ends up happening later by the third or fourth record you know where you really start to expand and it's almost like you kind of want to hold off on that yeah you know because people don't really pay too close attention at first because they're, they don't know you they don't know they yeah, don't know it, who you are it might have gotten lost it would it would i think it would have gotten lost and i agree that the album <clears throat> dookie should have stayed as it was you know just this this powerful fast energetic thing it was a great introduction i don't think good rinse would have fit on that album too well um and i've been listening to nimrod lately um, <sighs> that's a great it, album it's so good it's got too many songs but a lot of them are fantastic yeah um nice guys to finish last is a great way to kick off an album yeah but yeah that's a that's a great record all those 90s green day albums are just awesome yes yes they are but they're yeah, really good. I mean, that was that was a good way for me to get started. You know, I, I remember I would uh, grab my dad's Takamini acoustic, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just trying to learn the basics, trying to learn chords and um, you know the names of the strings, even and stuff like that. I, I had taken guitar lessons um, when I was little. Like uh-huh. seven or eight, yeah, nine maybe, and uh, didn't really learn anything other than like um, little rhythmic patterns and stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, I I think I was just a bit too young for it at the time, uh, and not interested enough. But um, when I was about fifteen, I really got the bug. I wanted to wanted to start playing guitar, and I I got my dad's out enough time that. He got me one for Christmas, a Seagull Acoustic, an S6 with a cedar top, and uh, I still have that guitar today. It's beat up as it can be, but it still plays great, sounds great, and her name is Alice. She's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So, Mike. My, the very first song that I ever learned um, was actually The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. That's uh, pretty much in line with my first song, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Easy. Easy riff. There it was, there it was. And then here it comes. Oh, wait, not yet. Dude, yeah. I I still actually really love this song. It's about to explode. 
with evil and malice. <laughs> yes. Kind of like a Vincent Price kind of laugh. So, uh, what is this like a one-string riff kind of thing? Or yeah. What? Yeah. Like uh, Yeah. It's it's um E G and B flat. Did you like learn? learn all the different parts eventually or like not really just the main riff I hear something like sustaining there that's a and then when I finally learned bar chords I, I implemented those into it uh, that was the very first thing I I, I mean when, when I am um, I had wanted to play the guitar for years and years before I actually started uh-huh. um, there were two records that um, finally after listening to them over and over again finally made me like okay I'm, I'm i have to do this and we'll get to those later so um, did you did you play on your dad's guitars or a uh, fender mustang this oh, 19 i love your dad's 70 something fender mustang and I didn't. I, I had no appreciation for it at the time. I want because I was so into hard rock and heavy metal. I this, mean, it does not look like a Marilyn Manson guitar. No, no. no. Um, I, man, I, I mean, right off the bat, I didn't really, I didn't really learn chords or anything for a uh-huh. while. I started off. I all I wanted to do was play f- just fast. Yeah. I wanted to learn how to just fly. That's all I wanted. I wanted to be the fastest. Uh, the scariest uh, guitar player. Well, that was a uh, fast and scary, but that sounded well, really scary. good. Like that, those big guitars. Like, yeah, I, I've I've said on here before. I never would have listened to Marilyn Manson in those days. Like, yeah, I saw the kids wearing the t-shirts at school. You know, mm-hmm. total yeah. just dirtbags. Awesome people, <laughs> good folks. The, the, the shirts were scary. The yes, they were. The music was scary. It too. was very scary. But those guitars sounded really good. They sound like, so powerful yeah. and influential. No, I mean, I don't you know. should do drugs, Adam. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know. I won't. I won't say this is the second song I learned, but it was really, really early on. Um, I think probably the second song I learned was Tequila Sunrise by Don Henley in the Eagles. You don't have to say Don Henley first. You can just say the fucking Eagles. As far as I'm concerned, it's Don Henley in no, the Eagles. No, it's not. It's the fucking Eagles. In fact, I think Glenn Fry wrote that fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fucking Don yeah, that's Henley. that's definitely a Glenn song. Yeah. So this song, uh, bar chords, and uh, you go up the fretboard, which uh, is probably the first song that I have really had to go up the fretboard for, you know, playing up above the seventh fret, I mean, you know, 
That is uncharted territory. Territory for me. Bar chords, ladies and gentlemen, if you are thinking of playing the guitar, or if you're wondering um, about it, especially for like people that want to play rock and pop, now bar chords and power chords is going to be the. Uh, Can you hear that? Yeah. Little four note. Yeah. Uh, I, I learned that part too, and I, I always wanted to have somebody to play that part with me, but I was usually just playing on my own. So I kind of learned to play that that little four note lead part while I was playing the, uh, the arpeggio. Wow, the main part that's pretty cool, Adam. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you sometime. I'll, I'll, I'll teach I'd, you. I'd like to see that. I don't know if I believe you. Yeah. Bar chords and power chords, that is a that, that's a fork in the road for people. You either keep going and if you get through it, oh man, you're you're gonna keep going. But if a lot of people give up there. Because bar, bar chords and power chords require so much of your hand. And they require it, it can hurt. Yeah. It's well that's the thing, you have to like they they will hurt. They always hurt, and that's what that's what kinda separates those that keep going versus those that quit. Because those are the those, that's the that's the uh, yeah, technique. That you, you basically have to take like if you if you run your thumb along the edge of your uh, your index finger mm-hmm. where you can kind of feel the boniness, mm-hmm. you've got to mash that part of your finger tight yeah. against metal strings. Yeah, and uh, it can be uncomfortable. If you let the guitar, uh, if you let the guitar beat you up for a little bit as you learn those kinds of chords you're, you're gonna make it you're you're, you're you're gonna be able to learn and play a lot of a lot of great songs but that's up to you and how far you will allow yourself to be beaten speaking of uh bar chords yeah this is the second song you this is the second song list. yes when I learned power chords, this was the song that I practiced them to and eventually mastered. And I had mastered the power chord at this point. I wish that I could fly into the sky so very high Just like a dragonfly God, I love this song, man. Shit. say the name of the last song the freshman by the verb pipe oh we didn't i don't think we did this yeah. is lenny kravitz off his album five and this is fly away it was a huge hit it was. huge hit and i loved it i wanted like yeah. a whole album of songs that sounded like this yeah it's so simple but man this song is just done so well and Len- lenny's voice is everything man it's it's awesome. 
But yeah, man, that's uh, this is what taught me power chords. Is this song? And I think I played them all based on the E string, so there was a lot of movement, and oh, I kind of yeah. it kind of forced me. There's another song, actually. There's another song in which I did that where you totally don't have to, but I would just kind of I based everything off the low E string at first, and I didn't really venture out into. Uh, the A string until later. And then when oh. I did, I was like, oh, it makes everything so much easier. Yeah. I don't have to travel so far. Were there any, like, minors in that? Would you would you go from major to minors? No. Well, the, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly talking about power chords at this three, point. Like the three yeah, the three note. Chord. The one, the five, and then the uh-huh. the octave. All right. Right. Um, or in or in some cases, I would keep it extremely simple. Just do and, two strings. Yeah, just do the two notes, which I think, um, honestly, you have to uh, – it is a different feel for me. Like if I wanted to – it's easier for me to just play the one and the five, but um, – and sometimes I prefer how that sounds um, over the, you know, the one, the five, and the – and then the octave. And then, like, if if it is with the octave, i got to kind of flatten my pinky and ring finger, mm-hmm. which kind of um, sometimes I apply too much pressure. Uh, yeah, power chords, dude. dude. It's fucking complicated-ass shit. Jazz yeah. guitar players are probably like, no, it's not. Well, fuck you guys. Nobody listens to your bullshit music anyway. Yeah, but, I mean... You can hang with those guys anyway, so... I can. Don't worry about that. Yeah, so fuck play. them. I can play those major sevenths all day. All right. Here's another early one. Um, a little bit of a different vein. This is Eric Clapton. <coughs> Tears in Heaven. Off of the uh, Unplugged album. Oh, yeah. Which Eric Clapton's Unplugged is one of my one of my favorites. One of my favorite records. Yeah, it's a great record. So this is a little bit of singer style. kind of working out the uh, the intro, getting it just right, and um, one day I was playing it with uh, some friends were over, um, visiting my, me and my brother, Matt, and uh, this girl, Michelle, she was like trying to sing along with it, but all I knew was the intro, and I'm like, I was like, oh, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> She's like, oh, d- like, don't you know the rest? And I was like, I'm not, not yet. No, I don't. No. Um, I, I'm, it's I'm fine. Working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Dang, man, that sucks. Beautiful song, though. Um, yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome song. Sad. It's about extremely the loss tragic. Of his four-year-old son who fell out of a high apartment window and did not survive the fall. 
Oh my god. That's yeah, this horrible. Was, this was kind of like the first thing he put out after all that. Yeah. Occurred. So that's sad. Yeah. And of course, like most kids in the 90s, I heard this and had to learn it. Yeah. I don't know what else I can say. This was another one. Uh, I uh, played those intro chords all based off the low E string. And um, I remember showing it to uh, Andrew. And he was like, oh my god, man. You learned that? Show it to me. So I did. How did, how did he handle it? Uh... Well, he already—he actually already uh, was well versed in, in power chords and bar chords, so he he got it down like really quick. Yeah. Here's something. Yeah. You learned this song and you showed it to Andrew Savage. Yeah. And um, I used to take Alice to school. Yeah. And one day at school, Andrew Savage showed me how to play this song. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Was, uh, I, I, I had heard about Nirvana and stuff and kind of knew a little bit about them. But I didn't really know any of their songs. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this was like 1999, 2000. I don't mm. remember exactly what year yeah. I started going to school with Andrew. But um, he he showed me the song. And um, a short time later, I, I don't know. Did I tell this story on here before? But I was, uh, I was on a camp out with the scouts. And I was having one of my insomniac nights. Yeah, and yeah. And I... I called in to uh, to the edge. You did tell the story, yeah, yeah. And I also requested uh, "Anarchy in the UK" by the Sex Pistols that same night. Yeah. They played both of those for me. It was awesome, dude. So that is awesome. The only time I've ever gotten through to a radio station, and I was up in the the Ford Expedition, awake, fogging up the windows in the middle of the night, all by myself. Probably like four a.m. by that point. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's like the first it? time I like listened to this song like Andrew yeah. showed me how to play it at school but I like hadn't listened to it. I didn't have the record or anything and we didn't have Apple Music in our pockets back then so. yeah no it's great it's classic I mean shit is yeah uh, it's you know we've already you know we, oh yeah we've, we've talked about we, we've Nirvana. done we've if, done if you want to hear more of us rambling about Nirvana and there's a tire, an entire fucking rec- episode about check that check out record. a Nirvana episode and it yeah. is uh but that was, um, yeah, one of the one of one of the song early songs. All right, this one's a uh, this one's fun. I, I learned this one for a girl. Awesome. Good afternoon, everyone. 
We're flying at 26,000 feet, moving up. Oh, dude, you, you learned this? We've got clear skies all the way dude, to you Las romantic Vegas. bastard. Right now, we're bringing you some in flight entertainment. One of our first class passengers would like to sing you a song inspired by one of our coach passengers. And since we let our first class passengers do pretty much whatever they want, here he is. I want to make you smile whenever you're sad. Carry you around when your arthritis is bad. All I want to do is grow old with you. Sing it, Adam. I'll get your medicine. <laughs> when you, you know that's funny? Because it's Adam Sandler. Build you a fire if the furnace breaks. So it could be so nice growing old with you. Chorus. I'll miss you, kiss you, give you my coat when you are cold. Need you, feed you, even let you hold the remote control. This is when she laughs. Let me do the dishes in our kitchen sink. Put you to bed when you've had too much to drink. Oh, I could be the man who grows old with you. I want to grow with you. Oh, Robbie. Yeah. That's great, so, man. That is from the 1998 movie, The Wedding Singer. That is Adam Sandler serenading drew barrymore on an airplane that's fucking awesome man because her boyfriend is or her fiance yeah is he a good guy um Ooh. no 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 he not. is a bit of a fuck he's an 80s movie yeah, jerk he's in a 90s movie he is a frozen piss an ass crust so uh that around the time I started playing guitar. Ass crust. I, I heard you. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> around the time I started playing guitar, there was a, there was a girl. Oh. You know, and, uh, yeah. There's always a girl when you're playing a, guitar. There's a girl. Yeah. Yeah, play guitar, kids. No, guys, seriously. <laughs> it <laughs> fucking works. Dude, it does. It always works. Well, I would uh, I would play this song and sing it for her, and uh, um, yeah, like you, like you say, it works, <laughs> dude. Dude, that song, nice, man. that that song will uh, will have the females swoon. Dude, you will have sex. Well, unless you're me. I mean, I, I, I you know, folks. You gotta get good, but once you get good, ooh, you're <laughs> gonna get laid. Shit. This was one of the two records that finally made me pick up the instrument itself. This is Metallica with Inter Sandman from the album Black. So this arpeggio you Yep. You were Actually I learned this later. What guitar were you playing this on? Um the Mustang. Still the Mustang, yeah. At this point, I had gotten a distortion pedal. Ooh. 
What kind? Metal Zone. Metal Zone boss. The black the one. Boss Metal Zone. You put on the black. Kind of bend that note when you hit it. A little. Oh, the um, vibrato. Yeah. I don't think I did. No, I think I just played it straight. Number one selling record of the 1990s. Ooh, deservedly so. Metallica. A lot of people hate the Black Album. A lot of a lot of people uh, a lot of people give it shit. They're fucking stupid. The Black Album is one of Metallica's finest pieces of incredible work. They can't. I mean, they can't like Metallica and hate this song, right? This is a great song, man. This doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's, like, it's totally fucking heavy. The riff is awesome. It's got melody. It's got everything. So great. You think the Mustang can handle that solo? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you put, like, yeah, you'd have to really, the Mustang, it had a really low, um, and kind of twangy, it was just, uh, it wasn't really the right instrument for a lot of the things that yeah. I was trying to accomplish on the guitar, um, and eventually my mom got me a red squire stratocaster from oh, yeah. a student and i knew i mean i was so into guitar early on pretty much obsessed with it that i knew squire was just a uh you know it was a it's a fender knockoff yeah you know it's just less than but th- th- that that was like my first guitar though it was mine and i was so excited um oh man i, I remember I remember just staring at it in my room. It was red with a white pit guard and uh-huh. a rosewood neck. Um, or not rosewood, but it was uh, the darker neck. And, um, man, I would just, like, stare at it and pick it up and play it and then stare at it. Um, I remember I remember getting, like, the first time I ever got frustrated studying for a test. It was actually biology. It was a bio- seventh-grade biology test. And... Um, just like that was one of the first times I do recall just being like, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna study. I just want to play guitar." I, and and I remember 
like in my head almost kind of freaking out because I was consciously being like, no, you know what? I'm going to fail this test, but I, I don't fucking care at all. I know I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get grounded. But why, who the fuck cares? I'll get grounded and I'll just be in my room. With I'll just play guitar. guitar. Who the fuck? It doesn't matter. And from that moment on, I, I was a terrible student. I, my grades completely fell off a fucking cliff. Awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's that like it's that you know that cliche quintessential story of uh, something completely taking over, and it did. And I remember um, from then on, yeah, I just stopped studying. I stopped doing homework. I don't know how. I don't know how I fucking graduated high school. Um, <laughs> I really don't know how I did that. It uh, happens, you know. Yeah. We get through it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'll never forget that, dude. Like the first day I studied biology, I can't even fucking remember what it was, but I remember I remember my teacher Miss Parchman. Um I knew I was like, "Oh, I can hear it now." She's just going to be like, "Michael, this test is bullshit." And I'll just have to sit there and just kind of be in my head and be like, "Fuck it, man, cuz I'm going to go home and I'm going to attempt to shred." An attempt to. It took me a couple years to be able to do that. But I attempted. So the same girl for whom I learned that Adam Sandler song, Girl yeah. With You, bought me this album because it had Adam's song on it. This is a fucking so. amazing record. I never and uh, kind of changed my musical listening habits, my musical taste. From uh, the first taste that got a point one eighty two. Oh yeah, more punk in my life, and I sought it out. Yep. And eventually, I was listening to uh, bands like Lagwagon and No Use for a Name. Me first in the Gimme Gimmies, No Effects, Rancid. Uh, yeah, all the pop punk I could handle. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, st- I still like this song, man. It is, man. I look at it as, you know, the last verse makes it sound like a positive thing. Like, maybe the kid doesn't go through with it. No, know. he fucking blew his head off, dude. I don't know. Maybe not. No, he did. I always, I always looked at it like, Adam, you know, he killed maybe, himself, uh, man. Maybe fucking Adam killed himself. survived. No. He says the tour was over. I survived at the end. There are two Adams in the world, Adam. There's the one that died, and there's you. And you are alive. Yes, I am. The other one is dead. Well, then still positive for me. Screw that kid. Yeah, fuck that kid. He made his own choices. He's with Chris Cornell wondering, oh, man, should have gave it some more thought. So that the same girl, Mike. Yeah. She also, so for Christmas, I think the year after I got Alice, so this would be Christmas 2000. Yeah. She got 
a red Squire Strat with a white pig guard, rosewood fretboard. Yeah. And um, it was a uh, probably just exactly like yours, except not covered in stickers. <laughs> yeah, I, stickers. I eventually covered mine in stickers, which I do regret. Well, I mean, a Squire, you gotta put stickers on a Squire. My Squire had plenty of. Stickers I still have that point. that Squire guitar. Still fucking have that guitar. And so. Maybe I should bring it to Los Angeles. Um, I I kept playing, you know, and, and learning more stuff on guitar and <clears throat> for um just out of the blue um like i think in april mm-hmm. my dad got me a blue squire strat with white pickguard and rosewood fretboard it was just like um like hers except blue and uh, she was a little a little like a little jealous or upset or like i don't know like like she had this guitar and then then I got one too, and it was like wasn't even Christmas or my birthday or anything. She was a little like, uh, I don't know. She That's bullshit. <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. Um, but you know, I mean, I she didn't really even play her, so what does she care, right? Yeah, that, that always pissed me off. People like, like say there's say there's twenty people, um, and twelve of them want to play guitar. Only three of them are actually going to do it. Uh huh. And, and that's what the thing is. Like people are like, oh, everybody plays a the guitar. There's so many guitar players. That's not fucking true at all. There, there are so many shitty guitar players in the world. There's uh-huh. too many of them. They are shit. <laughs> shit. It's easy to pick up the guitar and become shitty. Uh, There's yeah. plenty of them. Plenty of them. I mean, once you pick up the guitar, there you are. Yeah, you're just shit. We've all been there. Ninety percent of people stay there. But um. She was one of those girls that, like, everything she had, she wanted it in pink. And she really wanted oh, a pink Squire yeah. Strat. But at that time, they didn't make a pink one. So, anyhow. Damn. Let's see what your next song is, Mike. Next song. Oh Once again, another low, evil riff. By White Zombie. How did you uh, find a passion for evil music, Mike? Um, Andrew. Oh, okay. a- Andrew is my introduction to a lot of rock music. Also, my cousin Nash. Uh, my cousin Nash was my introduction into metal music with actual difficult guitar parts. He's the reason why I got much better. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I remember Andrew showing me this song, and I was like, dude, I'm going to learn that riff. And I did. I don't really like this song anymore. This is White Zombie with Thunder Kiss 65. Yeah. It's an easy riff. It's fucking easy as hell. Shit, man, if I could play it in the 8th grade, yeah. White Zombie. Yeah, man. Um, evil band. Yeah. Evil. 
Uh, yeah, dude. I was also going to Catholic school. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, everybody. Oh, my bad. Well, <laughs> I was going to Catholic school. There weren't a lot of people, and it just kind of. I just wanted to rebel, you uh-huh. know. I just wanted to. There was nobody else that was really into heavy rock. Um, it was kind of looked down on, and I found that exciting. Um, it was enjoyable to scare people. I remember wearing the white zombie T-shirt with the glow in the dark. Um, print on the back. Uh, it was big and black, and it had the band on the front, and they were these fucking crazy looking. Was it like an oversized folks. shirt? Yeah, it was, I always wore really big, stu- big shirts because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it had the white zombie logo in the back, and that that thing was glow in the dark. Like, if you went to a dark room, it glowed. A black light room. Yeah, it would scare people. And people like, Mike, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? And now here I am. This is Bush, Machine Head. Okay, so. So this is the song that taught you how to play octaves. Yes, and when I when I hear this song, I think of uh, the first amp I ever had, which was a, a Fender Bronco Tweed, and uh, it wasn't mine. My dad had borrowed it when he got me this uh, Squire from his friend at the police department, Harvey, and. Uh, it was a it was a great starter amp. Um, I love that thing. It got some really gnarly sounds. Yeah. And uh, it was a big step up from my sister's karaoke machine. Oh yeah. Which is the first thing I ever played through. I figured out how Damn. to connect my guitar to it. Dude, that's cool. Um, Man, that's cool. That that's why you're like really good at building and like re- redoing guitars yeah. and fixing them. Me, dude, I was given a Fender Mustang and a big fucking tube Sears yeah. amp from the 1970s. That's what that's what you get, kids, when you're spoiled. <laughs> you just get what you want. And then you the first guitar and amp you bought. Oh, American mine? Strat and Tone Oh, Master. man. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I was very spoiled as, as a young man. Um, yeah. Not long after having the Squire, and but I will say this: my parents told me um, that it, you know the better I got, the better that my equipment would get. And so, I mean, I busted my fucking ass, dude. I I tried to get. I mean, I was just playing and playing and practicing and getting as good as possible. And then the year came where, dude, man, I got a fucking. Fender American Standard Strat, which was probably it was over a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, guitars definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then the amp that I got was the Fender Tone Master. That shit was over two thousand dollars. It was a huge, like stadium ready amp. And, and it was loud. It was so fucking so, loud. I played that. I played through that amp with my Fender Strat. At a, uh, a Spuds concert. Actually, at all the Spuds concerts. Yeah, everybody um, used that amp. And dude, that thing was super loud in the MacArthur High School auditorium. Like, like people in the back were plugging their ears. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that I still have loud. that amp. It's fucking... 
It's too loud. It's too loud. No, <laughs> I've never, I've never turned it up past three and a half or four. Oh, we we cranked it up. Andrew wanted it loud, and so we cranked that up for that show. Not all the way, I don't think, but. I was like turning the volume knob on my guitar down just because it was so loud. I was like, "Yeah, Andrew is always fucking with people's sounds." <laughs> it's like, dude, sh- stop it. Oh, uh, but it was awesome, dude. People comp like somebody's dad saw us eating at a restaurant, and I was with my family. He came up and he's like, "Man, that that show, that that talent show, that was awesome. It reminded me of '70s punk." I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Thank you. Yeah, I hated I hated you guys. I was really jealous. <laughs> I was really fucking jealous of you. It was so much fun. Anyway, before we uh, go off of Machine Head completely here, I wanted to say that I had this fun memory of playing this song with my brother Matt um, through that amp on my Squire, that Fender Bronco amp. So fun. But yeah, dude, the spuds, we had a... Uh, a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Uh, you guys are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we were we we were having fun. It was just kind of a, a side project thing. You don't you don't need to be jealous. You were in you were in the main band with Andrew. I mean, yeah, but you guys had you guys put out that E P and you had those ca- I mean the songs were catchier. Yeah. They were. They were yeah. better songs. I was pissed because I was like it's like Andrew saved all the good stuff for that group. And everybody oh. loved it, man. Like Roots of Choice. Roots of Choice is actually a really great song. Yeah, yeah. It it's is. like really well written. Um, Dude, Scott Clark has a VHS of that, and I need I need to get it like transferred to digital or DVD or something because I really want to see it. Gosh, man, those were some fucking awesome times, man. Yeah. Folks, <laughs> that that was a show that we played at our friend's house. It was like one of those house shows, house parties. It was the kind that were like, it's fucking packed with people. There was like a hundred people there, and and everybody was so into it. Like jumping around, having a great time. We felt like fucking rock stars. Because I was in two groups that played that night. Uh Um And uh, Wait, which two? I was in uh, The Honor Code and The Skankaholics. Or oh, um, I don't remember what the band was called at the time. Yeah, we we opened we with uh, our cover of Infested. Oh my gosh! And, uh, Infested. I was just listening to that song the other day. Choking yeah, Victim. Choking Victim. Yeah. Ooh, that's going deep. That's some fucking deep ass punk rock from New York. Some <laughs> atheist, devil worshiping <laughs> crackheads from New York City that put a band together and they talk about killing police. And then they turned into a band called Leftover Crack. They yeah, band called it they were even more evil. Folks, you think that there's some evil dude. You need to check out Leftover Crack and Choking Victim. These motherfuckers wanted the devil to hang out with them. I mean like <laughs> holy fuck. Um, and, awesome um, awesome shit though. They had some really cool songs. That house show that you were talking about, the yeah. the one at Casey's? Yeah. That was our uh, record release party it was it was it was a um no man oh so man mike, it was so much fucking mike, fun you, you were a little jealous at the time that we recorded that album before you guys recorded but we had to because i was going away to school man it's true and we had to well, get it 
we had to get it out. Yeah, well, we we also never really finished anything. The Skankaholics, the Five Pointers. Oh. There was never a time when anything ever got finished. Oh, okay. So that's I think that was what, what bummed me out too was that that group was able to bust out a five song EP. You know, and you guys, but it, it, it doesn't really bother me because, I mean, if we're talking about that one night with that one great show, everybody shared the uh, that experience. I mean, yeah. I, I got to do it twice. You know, I think the Honor Code opened the show and it was fucking amazing. And then then I played with uh, Skankaholics. We closed it. Um, so I got this really long break. It was great. I felt like a total rock star because I just went back and like, in the back to Casey's room and you could just hear everything and I just was sitting back there and people were wanting to come in and say hi to me and I was just like no I don't have time I need to rest I need to rest before going up again <laughs> it was so fucking stupid but it was so awesome that's great shit dude that was one of the best times so yeah. that that was on my uh my surf green Fender Stratocaster with the tinted maple neck. Yeah, that was a beautiful guitar. Classic. Yeah, Beauty. beautiful guitar. Beauty. I want to. I want to get another one of those someday. Yeah. Is there anyone that does not know how to play this? Having trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting shit, but running. Well, you need a distortion pedal. Oh, yeah. As time ticks by, the rest takes care of itself. Oh, man. No rest for cross tops in my mind. On my own, here we go. You also need to know how to mute the strings. You do. So they don't continue to ring out. Absolutely, folks. You gotta stop it. So so once you master the power chord, go out and get yourself the heaviest distortion pedal you can fucking find. Once you do that, put it on the A. Hit it twice. Go down to G. G flat or F sharp. F E A. G F sharp. F E fucking A G F sharp one extra F E do the same thing and then just rake it yep rake it and just kind of barely slightly put your, muted yep, strings slightly muted strings not completely muted not completely even come back to that motherfucking A A nice heavy pick too heavy pick like a a green tortex green tortex yep Absolutely. Oh, folks. speaking of Tortex, Jim Dunlop just died. Oh man, really? Yeah, the Dunlop Picks guy and all the other guitar gear. He died this last week. <sighs> also, Dude, speaking sucks. of Green Day and distortion pedals. Yeah. Have you seen the Dookie pedal? No. So Green Day collaborated with a pedal company, I think MXR, to put out a, a distortion pedal. It'll get you the exact sound you need to play anything on Dookie. Which I mean, isn't it? It might not be a particularly hard. No, you can you can get that tone from like a number. But that pedal has the Dookie art on it. Like, kind of want it just for that. I know, me too. (laughs) And people like, I want to go out and play a show and be like, man, how'd you get your sound? And just hold it up like this little motherfucker right here, (laughs) the Dookie pedal. It's like 150 bucks. I'm like, man. Oh, 100, dude, really? Fuck, that's yeah. kind of a lot. 
<laughs> but it'd be cool. I mean, it'd be cool. And it'd I, be like I, so cool on the yeah. I've I've got a um, uh, full drive two. That's the that's the uh, overdrive, and then like, I don't want to say it's distortion, but it's like over overdrive. It, it can get pretty heavy. Is it like? Uh, is there just one distortion circuit on it? No, there's two. There's okay. the regular, and then there's a boost. So okay. the boost can give you, like, a, a big kick up. So say, like, you you want to play, like, a guitar solo, uh-huh. and you need just a little bit more, you can do that. So I really like that option. And it's a really clean overdrive. Like, it's really, uh-huh. uh, it's clear. dirty, but it's pristine and clear. Yeah. yeah it's great. Really I, good quality. I prefer overdrive to distortion. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, and I, I I would also like to have a fuzz. I I have a fuzz pedal that has been broken for years and years and years. Dude, let me. See would you like to try and let fix, me see it? If I can fix it? It's a Seymour Duncan over. fuzz face. Okay. It's very. It can get. Um. It can get so gross you can't even understand what you're playing anymore. It's like. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, dude, bring it over. I'll uh, see what I can. See what I can do. You hear about the party after the show? Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I don't have a car, but you think I can get a ride? No. Fuck. I'll just walk. Yeah. So I wanted to play this because this is the first time that I uh, I really found a guitar tab that I. I played and it sounded like the song right away. Which uh, in those days there were a lot of bad guitar tabs up on. Oh shit! Sites. That's the reason. Oh well, no. go ahead. And uh, I mean, I I started playing this one. I was like, oh, that's it, and I learned the song and have never forgotten it. It's very yeah. Easy. See, you. I'll tell you what. Here's the difference between. Um, and I'm not trying to brag about my equipment again, but like. The difference between you and Philip and Andrew and me was sure I did I was given expensive gear um, very early on when I didn't even really I, I, I could hardly even appreciate it. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things I didn't have was internet and and the uh, access to tablature. So one of the things that I had to do I didn't have a choice was um, sit there and fucking. Just grind it like listen to shit over I, I mean I've ruined I've ruined certain songs on like Megadeth records Metallica records um Stevie Ray Vaughan records there are songs that won't play because I've like restarted or rewound them so many times because I I would just have to do it by ear um and that was one thing that was always like especially at first like it was just like so fucking hard. Like, man, I, just, I don't know what they're doing. You were training your ear, though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, my ear training is pretty fucking good because I, I had to, I had to do that. Um, and it kind of, but it also makes you learn like the idiosyncrasies of everything. Like, yeah. Like, like something could say bend this note, but but then if you hear it and it's like you're trying to mimic that, you do it. Oh, and there's so and, many different kinds of bends. Yeah, it's um. So I mean, no, no nothing against tablature, nothing, nothing at all. Um, but 
Yeah, like fuck, dude. I had I I remember like it must have been annoying to hear me listen to the same fucking thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And I especially early on, I would just give up. I just would stop and like throw the guitar. There I I remember getting angry. Yeah, I remember being a young kid and being so fucking angry because I just couldn't get things down. I couldn't play as fast as I wanted. I, I couldn't tackle the uh, the shit that I wanted to tackle. But um, eventually, yeah, I mean, you just get it after yeah. a while, and and it happens fast. It just like it just clicks one day. You just have it. So if you're out there learning, one yeah, day, try, one day it's gonna happen. Try learning some songs just by ear. Yeah, do you should do most things by ear. But if you, oh yeah, this is this is the other band that made me pick up the. This isn't the record, but this is one of the songs that I learned. The record was smashed. The first, the first um, release from, or the second release from Epitaph. Yep, learn learn the intro, learn that riff, the the chords, uh, the solo. So this was the one where yeah, I, I learned the solo and things started getting interesting for me on guitar. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, started being able to play shit that I thought was uh, fancy. Um. But I also did, and here's an important lesson too for people aspiring to play. You you should be a little you you should mix it up. You need you need to have two sets of goals at the same time. You need to spend some time practicing and working on things you, you know you're probably going to be able to accomplish that very day. But then what you also need to do is dive into something that you think is fucking impossible and and sit there and just let it let it beat your fucking ass. Like, just let it... Just grind it. Like, something that just seems like... Oh, you have no business trying to learn how to play. Like, just just try it. I mean, just fucking... You know, you know you're not ready. But, uh... Just, you, you're just try and attempt it. Because, man, if you do that... Uh, you're gonna push yourself... You're gonna get really fucking good quick. You just keep going. And, uh... 
you know, just fight through the frustration and um, you just get good. You get so good. Your friends like Philip, they get angry at you because, you know, as good as you are a sophomore year of high school, they will never be that good. And you're just going to get better. And they won't even be as good as you are then. Ever. Ever. This is Stevie Ray Vaughan. Damn. Life by the Drop. Hell yeah, man. Hello there, my old friend. Not so long ago it was till the end. Fucking love this song, man. So I've been playing this song for a long time, but until rather recently, I was playing the intro wrong. I was playing a kind of more simplified version of the intro, which is really short. It's like yeah, just a few seconds, but it's like the most complex part of the song. The rest is just basic 12-bar blues. Yeah. But that intro part, I uh, sat down uh, a few months back and kind of worked it out, learned to play it the right way. Steve Ray Vaughan was a big influence on me. I I love his guitar playing, and I love blues music, especially blues rock like he plays. Um, This is a little much more simple, like... You know, this is a Stevie Ray Vaughan song that the mere mortal can play. Yeah. The whole thing. You know, I mean, I, I can, I play parts of songs like Pride and Joy and stuff, but mm-hmm. it would take a lot of work for me to work it out, you know, the whole song and his solos. He does crazy stuff. Like yeah. Bending yeah. these mega bends, like bending several strings at the same time and like stuff he does like on a Texas flood. Yeah. Oh man. Holy shit. And now Steve Ray Vaughn, one of the greatest of all time, absolutely changed. Um, when I got into him, um, and I wasn't playing, you know, I, I played that one too, but not really, uh, um, you know, yeah, most of the stuff from the eighties. And that, that was the guy that actually, I think made me, turned me into a, like, I was I was okay. I was an okay guitar player. Uh-huh. Once you learn how to play the blues, uh, the blues is vastly important for the instrument. Probably one of the most important things that a guitar player can do. If you want to be, uh, if you want to be able to play solos, if you want to start to play complicated, fast stuff, you must um, you must go. Uh, the the blues is what is what takes you there. That's the rocket ship that's going to get you to uh, what what you want. And uh, I can see. Uh, the the group that Adam is about to play. Um, this would be an example of those scales to the fucking extreme. kind of a long intro. Mm-hmm. 
go. This fucking, this, this fucking riff right here. Oh, shit. I can see Beavis and Butthead banging their heads. Yeah. From Fort Worth, Texas. Pantera. Right here, fucking here. Oh, yeah. My second job, yep. I worked with a lady named Erica. Erica. She was my boss. And uh, she told me that she lived in the same area. It's kind of, I would say neighborhood, but it, it sounded pretty rural. Uh, the same rural area as Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. And she said that he had a big, um, he had constructed in his yard a big Confederate flag out of. Uh, <laughs> Oh, out of two by fours, out of painted two by blue, fours and painted them, and put Christmas tree lights or Christmas lights on them. Yeah, and uh, kept it up year round, lit up. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. I've heard that story. I think it's true. Yeah, dude, Pantera. Um, this is the band that uh, my cousin really introduced me to, and um, and he, yeah, he's actually the one that told me, like, dude what do you think of this? And I was like, oh my God, it sounds impossible. And he was like, you should try and learn it. And, um, and he, and he made me do it in front of him. He was like, no, do it right now. Here, here. Look, here's, I'll, I'll even show you the tab. So you have it, but try and play it along to, cause he was, he was a drummer and, and, but he also could play guitar. So he'd play it and I'd be like sweating my balls off, kind of embarrassed, like really shy and, uh, trying to play that intro riff that happens after all the screaming um and when i say screaming i mean uh the pinch harmonics from the very Uh, at the very beginning of the song but uh oh here's some dude that bass drum Yeah, that's pretty much it. But, like, yeah, no, Dimebag Daryl, um, you could see footage of him uh, playing, you know, really, really early, like in the late 80s before, you know, Pantera got really big. Uh, man, he, he was he, he was banned from guitar competitions around Texas because what? he won all the time. It was just it was unfair. It was completely unfair for him to compete. Uh, so they just wouldn't let him anymore. They're like, "No, nah, you you can't do it anymore because you're you're gonna win." You need to judge this thing, actually. Yeah, and it's just no. Nah, he uh, that that was when I was I like yeah uh, when I was able when I was starting able to pull some of that shit off. Um, yeah, Philip, it, it was just he. I shot off like a rocket. There was no hit, no way that he was ever gonna catch me. <laughs> I mean, just no way. 
Philip, uh, contact us and let us know how you feel about uh, <laughs> Braggadocio. Uh, dude, what did I tell you? At the end of this, <laughs> I'm not going to have any more friends, dude. No, everybody's so, really, fuck that asshole. That I'm was, never going to, I don't, I don't ever want to see him again. Fuck him. That was Revolution Is My Name. Fucking Pantera. Like Pantera. I don't, I don't like that band. Uh, they're, I they're fucking that. amazing. I, I mean, I liked it before the singing started. And then nah, sometimes. Phil Anselmo is great vocalist. Yeah. That, that. While you were listening to Pantera. This is me. Dude, I fucking love this song. <laughs> this is my speech. Yes, dude. 1999. Third Eye Blind. Blue. Never Let You Go. Oh, man. That, dude, I am so happy. Oh, I'm in a great mood. Fuck. Shit, man, this song is awesome. So, yeah, um, I had <laughs> when I was uh, learning to play guitar, my mom had said something like when she heard me heard me working on part of a song, she said, "Okay, well, if if you wanna." you want to do this you need to learn full songs you need to learn how to play all the way through a song because there were some things where i like like the, with the eric clapton thing where i i know yeah. the intro or mm-hmm. something not the whole song and so i made this uh, i had this three and a half inch floppy disk that i used for homework <laughs> yeah <laughs> to take homework to and from school for things like uh powerpoint things that i was working on a computer lab yeah yeah Fucking, I remember that shit. And I had this document on there called SICP, Songs I Can Play. And I, I, I just like made a list of all the songs I, I could play and play through the whole song. And uh, I still think of that that when I, when I hear this song, because I know that song was on there. Yeah. That super nerdy. No, dude, that's I'm fucking like cool. That I just didn't what do you that. mean, dude? That's <laughs> fucking awesome. I see, like, popping that floppy disk in, <laughs> and then it comes up. You don't want to put a magnet on it because it'll erase oh, yeah, all your yeah. shit. Keep that away from yeah. Ooh, man, this technology was fucking bummer back then. Yeah. Even though actually it was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. No, man, this song is amazing. Oh man, I'm so happy. Third Eye Blind. Great stuff. All right. Totally into it. Holy shit. What is this, Mike? Once again, from Fort Worth, Texas, <laughs> Pantera. Try and play this, motherfuckers, because I can. Okay, this is something that, like, if I... 
I learned it, my hand would get tired. I wouldn't be able to keep it up for long enough. No, dude, you gotta keep it up. I can do it, dude. I can do it. I would get some left hand fatigue. Dude, wait, wait till the fucking solo. Shit, dude, I fucking I, I want I want to play it. Like, I wanna play this. It feels so good to do it. Oh yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. This is kind of awesome, I'll say. Dude, that riff is killer. Just pentatonics in E. Or I think lower, I don't know. Maybe E flat. Cowboys from Hell, Santera. Dude, what, dude, what dude, 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 this is from Cowboys from Hell. Dude, you gotta wait for the solo. Okay. Dude, check, check this fucking solo, dude. Oh, shit. Comes after this. So you're a black metal zone pedal feature oh, heavily it's handled. Here it comes, dude. Philip, I can play this. Very good air guitar happening right here. I, uh, I mean, he doesn't have an actual guitar in his hand, but I'm pretty sure I can confidently say he's not lying when he says he can play that. Uh, dude, fuck yeah, dude, I can play the shit out of that. It's And it isn't easy. There's nothing about that that's easy. All right. Well, Pantera. Oh, yeah. That that song is chock full of riffs that are essential. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if any of you are trying to play fast, give that motherfucker a shot. Cowboys from hell. I'm going to go ahead and go to your uh, your 10th and final submission. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the one I, I have next relates, and I want to play this one first. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen from Los Angeles, California, the Southern California punk rock band NoFX. I, I can play that too. It's not too long. It's got backup vocals in just the right places. It's got a few blues and eyes, and it takes a little pause just before I sing the I like the way he says F word. Please play this song <laughs> on the radio. Almost every line in song and time. I'm almost every verse ends in a rim. 
only problem we had was writing on Fat Mike, dude. Clever. Snotty little brat. Clever little bastard. Please play this song on the radio. Featuring El Jefe on guitar for the solo, who's a fantastic guitar player. Oh, yeah. And the bean. Yep, he's Mexican. <laughs> it's not offensive because this album is called White Trash, Two Heaves, and the Bean. Yeah, White Trash is uh, Eric Smelly Sandin, and the Two Heaves are Fat Mike and Eric Melvin. And the bean is, of course, El Jefe. Here comes the little pause. Right about this time, some shithead will be drawing a fat fucking line over the title on the back sleeve. What an asshole! So, Mr. DJ, <laughs> I hope you already made your segue, or the FCC's gonna take a shit right on your head. When I first heard this, I, I thought that it was actually a song of complete desperation. A band wanted to be on the radio so bad because <laughs> I remember asking Andrew, who introduced me to that band and that song. I asked him, "Are so are these guys famous?" He said, "Not really. I mean, they, you know, they they're like you know playing and making money, but they're not." Which I think it's funny because at the time in 1998 or 1999 when he told me that, no, by this time, NoFX were definitely making a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Like they had made a fucking that shitload of money. full swing. Yeah, too. no, I'm pretty sure Fat Mike was a millionaire at this point. Oh, definitely. I mean, and I'm pretty sure the other guys were well on their way. I mean, no, dude, these dudes are fucking making really good money, especially in the 90s. Oh, yeah. All right, so Fat Mike's other band... Me first in the Gimme Gimmies. This is their cover. They're, they're a cover band. Totally. One totally. of the better cover bands in the world. This is Over the Rainbow from Ara Drag. Oh, yeah, I used to chuck out power cords on my strat with my uh, my amp, the first amp I ever owned, like crate VFX. Oh, crate Everybody had a crate. Yeah, I still have mine. It's still my main amp, and it sounds great for home playing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, solos coming up. The solo sounds cool. It's very short. Nice, nice. Dude, that guy's great. Nobody can end a track like me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah, man, they're they're awesome. But I wanted to play that because that was the first um, the first solo that I like ever had to work out. On yeah, that's not a bad um, solo, man. You know, Got it had a bend and everything. Yeah, it was. You know, you know, 
I mean, there's no cowboys from hell, so I mean, you can't. Well, you know. Still my thunder, but that's all right. Well, uh, you, 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 there's still time to attempt it. Who, who the fuck well, didn't learn this song? Ladies and gentlemen, and still, all the songs. If you're, if you're trying to learn guitar, like rock guitar, oh, yeah. you better not skip this one. Because if you do, I mean, this is a bit unique. There's not a lot of songs that sound like this. This It's got great chords. It's got some heavy shit. It's got a great solo. When I jam with my brothers, I always hog the solos. Actually, there's kind of like three solos. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's this fill coming out. I guess there's two fills. This one. From Los Angeles, California. Weezer. It ain't so. A 1994 self-titled debut album, Weezer. More commonly known as the Blue Album. So after this first solo, or at first chorus, there's another fill. This is one for me, though, that I had to... The, the tab didn't tell the whole story, you know? Yeah. Dude, tabs, man. You gotta be careful, dude. Trust oh, yeah. your ears. This is the, the more complicated film. Fucking, that was awesome, man. That's awesome. So I've known this song for a long time. I've known the solo for a long time. But those two fills, I didn't learn until more recently, like this last year. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, I've always wanted to know them. But I would, like, kind of improvise them. Yeah. Like, sound close, well, but here, usually. Here's the thing, too, ladies and gentlemen. The better you get, like, it could be 10 or 20 years later. Oh, man. Once again, this is one I, I usually play by myself. Yeah, yeah. There's two guitars doing the bend there. But, you know, I would just do it all, all by myself. Same with the solo. There's kind of two guitars in the solo. Yeah. Kind of dueling a little bit towards the end of it. Yeah. One of my favorite live music memories was when I went to see Weezer for the first time and when they played the solo. Transcendent experience. Yeah. Here we go. Fucking awesome. You know, what I was saying, 
folks, you get really good, and then you you go back to stuff you thought was impossible, and then you could just fucking do it. Oh yeah, like it's nothing, and it's so satisfying to be able to do that. Like I'll still pick up, I'll still go through shit like really heavy metal shit, even like other things like jazz, um, and, you know, uh, just other things, you know, other genres, the stuff that I thought was holy shit, there's no way I could do that. And I'll listen to it, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, and I can just do it. Yeah. I mean, you know. Progressed enough, you've learned enough other stuff that aids you in learning that. Yeah. Folks, the guitar is a fantastic instrument. Um, It's uh, It's therapeutic. Oh, man. It's a crowd pleaser. Um, Yeah, it's very... uh, yeah, you can go. You can go to a party and be the cool guy. Be careful though, because you can also be that annoying fuck who brings the guitar and sings shit nobody wants to hear. And I have certain friends that do that. And I don't know if you guys know this, but people, when you do that, people can't fucking stand you. Jesus. And then you have the friend that like reaches for a guitar that's in the room and then like wants the attention of everyone. Want like wants everyone's full attention. Like, hey, check out! I just wrote this. And Why it's just I'm like to play something. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just like, dude, you are lame. My God, how how did you did someone tell you that? I mean, it's, you're embarrassing yourself. You're ruining the party, and you're looking like a stupid fuck. Everybody is, and Adam and I have several friends that are like that. Um, yeah, please don't reach for something and embarrass yourself. And you know, if we're with you, don't embarrass us. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, pick up the guitar, play it, play an instrument. Um, good for you thank you for indulging us we uh we sat here and talked about ourselves for uh uh, i don't know almost two hours um this is probably the longest episode we've ever done i feel a little guilty i don't i feel kind of guilty (laughs) ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming on this 90s journey of guitar playing with adam and i of course there's so many other things that we learned to play but we wanted to celebrate the magnificence of the 90s and what they did for us as guitar players um yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm looking at the time. I'm looking at how long this episode is, and I just am kind of like, oh fuck, we, we we gotta find, we gotta we gotta cut it off. We gotta cut it <laughs> off. But now we're getting into like Joe Rogan territory. Well, two, two hours. I mean, he he has more followers and listeners than we do, so maybe we should uh, be striving for that. Try, yeah. Every episode from now on will be two hours two fucking, or over. Oh god, <laughs> I don't think so, dude. And we thought we started early. Shit. Oh well. Yeah. Um. Let's bounce this and let's let's, watch. uh, Yeah, we're we're about we're about to fucking watch Rick and Morty, uh, which is like a usual thing that we do when we're editing this. Ah, it's tradition. It doesn't even matter how fucking late it is. Um, folks, uh, prank call your bosses. Um, (laughs) in in you know in good in good humor. Do it in good humor and do it uh in silliness. Uh, try to be clever though. Don't be fucking lame. Don't I mean, get anyone arrested. Yeah, don't get anybody arrested. Uh, I'm definitely gonna do it again. I hope nobody from work is listening. And if so, <laughs> surprise, motherfuckers! <laughs> totally gonna do it. <laughs> I stole that from Dexter. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, folks, be good to each other. Love yourselves. Love everyone around you. Uh, do everything you can to help out the world. I'm not going to say the world needs help. The world always needs help. It doesn't matter whether you think it sucks right now or if you think it's a utopia. Fuck you. Keep helping. Don't get fucking lazy. Wake up early. Take a shower. Brush your teeth and smell the flowers. Ladies and gentlemen, from 1990-what, I am Michael. I am Adam. And we'd like to bid you good night. Good night.